Todd's been drinking a lot of uh, Dr. Pepper on this trip. I have. I'm drinking one right now, in fact. Do you want to know why Dr. Pepper comes in a bottle? Yes. Because his wife died. Oh, my God. You son of a bitch. Paige just got the joke. Her head just hit her hand. She's just now understanding the implications of the word come. Oh, my God. I'm so tired. I was like, oh, my God, did his wife die? Did she design the bottle? What does he know that I don't know? I've been to the Dr. Pepper Museum. What is happening? And then I was like, oh, come. Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin on Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Dr. Pepper Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, we watched... The, the burning. burning. So, when was the first time you guys saw this movie? I have never Today, seen this movie. Yes, Wait, Today. Mikey, I thought you had seen the movie. <laughs> no. What is no, happening? He okay. just knew about it. Madman Mars was my personal. I had seen it and wanted the, my my cropsy film that I wanted to show you. Right. The Burning is a cropsy film I've heard about, but always wanted to see. To be honest, after watching it today, I prefer Madman Mars. Same. Okay. Agreed. One hundred percent agree. So this is the first time we had all seen the movie, and I think we all sort of walked away feeling like Madman Mars did it best. Yeah, because it had the songs, it had the hot tub, oh. it had Todd's Hobbit feet. You can't beat <laughs> Madman Mars. I'm still mad about the live show. You know what? <laughs> Stay mad. This movie does a weird thing where like they pause the kills for like an hour to maybe get us to want to care about the characters. Oh, they set up Cropsy and then he goes away for an hour and 10 minutes and then comes back at like the very, very end. Yeah, you might as well call this movie Crapsy. <laughs> you son of a bitch. How dare you talk about Jason Alexander like that? <laughs> he's wearing the same outfit the whole time he's at that camp. He's actually wearing the same outfit, but the shirt is different colors. So it's like he's got multiple colors of the same shirt. And I have notes about outfits in Fun Fact. Really? So he has multiple shirts that say 96 on it? Yes, he, but in slightly different styles. That Like, it's really funny to watch because like one of them's a raglan which is a little bit different but then he changes into a very very similar kind of jersey type shirt sure in blue okay and then changes into another one that looks almost identical to the first one so like he does technically wear like three different shirts but they are very similar shirts what i thought they're the same shirt no I only know because one of them was blue and the other were mostly white. I mean, I believe you, Paige, but that is not my experience with the film. <laughs> Paige, I, uh, I actually can't hold space for that. Great. I can hold space for my foot in your ass. <laughs> so here's the one place where it's different. Okay. Is he, they go in the water, right, to save their friend. Yeah. And then they come back for dinner that night and they've clearly either showered or were still wet from before. Right. That's where he wears a different shirt. But then he goes back to wearing the same shirt. Right. Essentially. I mean, it was just weird to see Jason Alexander with hair, honestly. Honestly, not mad at it. Yeah, he actually wasn't that bad of a looking dude. No. No, by the end? Oh my God. Yeah, him in that copper mine was hot, you know? He's not there in the end. He dies in this movie. I thought we were talking about Todd. 
No, he he lives. He just makes it to the camp. He's part of the fat kid brigade that makes it to the camp. I thought we were talking about Todd having different shirts on. I'm really confused. Yeah, so what you need to do, Mikey, is put your phone down and turn your ears up. No. Look, you're not my third grade teacher, okay? I'm not doing bunny rabbits. How about a snail? I'm pretending to be a snail on Zoom. Touch my eye stock. Mikey, I have to talk to you about the podcast immediately. I think she wants to have snail sex with her, and I don't... No. You just touch their eyes, and it just goes like... Bing. And then they come. Um. <laughs> Wait, okay. You talk about Jason Alexander. He changed shirts? Yes, once. Because he gets one shirt wet. Also, we saw Fisher Stevens's ball, one of them. Covered. Yeah, I just want to point out that there's a lot of testicle in this movie. Kind of, but it's working its way out. I didn't notice it. I noticed it. Todd notices it really fast. Listen, the problem was Fisher's shorts were too short. Like, his junk was hanging out one side while they were paddling on that raft. He had one leg up. He Captain Morgan that thing. That's what happens when you're wearing shorts. <laughs> yeah, but when Captain Morgan has his leg up on that rum crate or whatever, he's not flooping out a testy. Well, yeah, because he's got pantaloons on. This is not the 1740s. What we needed was Captain Leskin instead of Morgan. Instead, we got Captain Foreskin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, maybe we didn't. I don't know. No, you did not see anything. You saw his tidy white, his red tidy whities, which is also an interesting choice. What we needed was Armando's censorship abilities from the live show. <laughs> Armando chose to put multiple slides of Simba's uncut cartoon penis slightly censored into the slides for our live show. Not as a child, grown up Simba. Yeah, it was like sexy Simba. It was like Simba already owning everything the sun touches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He was having his Tony the Tiger moment. I get it. Oh, yeah. He had like a happy trail from his mane down to his junk. That was upsetting. It was very, <laughs> it was very that was upsetting. That the most upsetting <laughs> part. Uh, because when I think about making sweet love to Tony the Tiger, I don't really consider the implications of the genital area. I'm sorry. That's when you focus on having sex with Tony the Tiger, you're not thinking about what his dick do. <laughs> No, it's more just like cuddling against that big, wide chest of his. All right, we think about I... different things during sex, and that's okay. And different things during breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we have like a dozen eggs in the fridge that we haven't touched. Yeah, you told me you went through a dozen eggs every two or three days. And... We do, but then we went to Waffle House like four times There's this eggs? <laughs> yeah, there's eggs and toast. Yes, okay, so uh, here's what I propose. We record, and then we do breakfast at midnight because that's when we'll be done with this recording i'm here for it all right so perhaps maybe we should uh i don't know get into the movie or something let's do I it mean, do you guys have any more first thoughts yeah in all seriousness oh are we being serious now okay i was hyped this was gonna be like a great mikey movie and it was still decent i mean there's some still good moments but i just didn't enjoy it as much as other films sure it just slows down in the middle a lot yes yeah well the pacing issue i think is a big issue also madman mars has like a chaos energy that i am here for there is a yes. hot tub sex chase scene that i am here for in that movie this movie has like hella consent issues and like terrible implications if the girl decides not to have sex with the guy who's pursuing her like this movie does not age well well not only that unless it's a camp for college kids i feel really weird about the whole because the whole time i was like are these counselors are campers nope these aren't high schoolers right i think the jason alexander crew is supposed to be high schoolers todd and his girlfriend mm. are the only two counselors all the boobs we see are campers teenage campers 
Yes. It's troubling. Yeah. Because we never see Todd's girlfriend's boobs. Not that we needed to, but like she's the only one who I think is supposed to be in college. Yeah. Those would have been the boobs that I was okay seeing if she consented to showing them. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was no surprise to me when up on the screen it said written by Harvey Weinstein. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, shit. We were like, oh, oh God. Yeah. I mean, once you hit the raft, the movie gets badass, but it takes a long time to hit the raft. Yeah, the raft is 20 minutes from the end, though, and that's the problem. The pacing is all over the place. It's a big old problem, but what I really appreciated was watching the movie with the two of you today. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Because we got to scream when gore happened, and it was pretty great. There was a Cropsy jump scare that did, like, all three of us yelled, and it was a lot of fun. Not because it was scary, but because it was, like, just silly. Yes, yeah. There was a lot of silly yelling today, but it's making me want to watch Mad Men Mars again. Yeah. Because, like, the chaos of Mad Men Mars, like you said, really does make it. Because there's, like, multiple songs at the beginning of the movie, (laughs) and then they're, like, running around this camp, and you can't tell where's hither or thither, and people just kind of show up wherever. And it's just absolute madness. Madness manned Mars. Madness Mars. That lady playing a recorder in the middle of the swamp in the middle of the night. Like, there's so much weird shit in that movie. And this movie is a lot of just campers flashing us basically yeah more or less i do feel like madman mars is a worse movie production wise but a much better movie just because the way they pulled it off like this movie is i mean for the 80s it's like a fine low-ish budget movie but it's just like Mm. the script isn't great the consent issues are terrible and you know speak of that Mr. Weinstein wrote himself a very creepy character that makes it through the end, which I think is troubling. Todd, Todd, the main character, I think is one of the best protagonists we've had male-wise in a while. Except that he helped burn a man alive twice. Boys will be boys. (laughs) Don't let Todd near the matches or the knives. Boys will burn boys. It's fine. It's whatever. Here's what I'm telling you. You have to be careful about which parts of your human body you expose to open flame. Not every part responds to that well in a cooking scenario do you know what cropsy's favorite snack is what flaming hot cheetos we still have some barbecue meat if we want to get some flaming hot cheetos and get fucking wild are you okay yeah i just walked into the counter and my (laughs) knee hit the counter sure your knee (sighs) hit the counter great I wrote a joke at the, for the third act. I'll let you know when we get there. So maybe we should just get into this movie so we can talk about it scene by scene. Let's do it. So we open on Camp Blackfoot in a cabin where we have a number of 30-year-old teenagers <laughs> crouched around a box <laughs> yeah. talking about how they're planning on pranking Cropsy, who is the caretaker for their camp. Now, the one notable thing about this scene is that one of these teens is named Snoop. He is white. Uh, yes. It's real weird but Paige, this is way before snoop dog and i'm not saying that snoop dog saw this movie and was like you know what i can do snoop better but there's pretty good evidence that he probably did that look i'm not <laughs> saying that snoop dog is a time warrior that transcends time and space of our temporal universe to be <laughs> the hippest doggiest dog there is right but i feel like He owns the name Snoop forever. He will always be Snoop. He has always been Snoop. Right. So chill to the next episode, which is something you said while high, completely serious last night. I said what? 
You said, we'll just chill to the next episode. And Armando went, okay, Betty. <laughs> and walked away. Why did I say that? I have no memory of that at all. I don't know why you say anything while you spoke. <laughs> but it was it was just very funny to listen to Armando go like, uh, uh, okay. I was trying to keep up with Armando smoke for smoke. No. And uh, you can't. I lost that race. You are not able. Dude, during your live show, because Horror Virgin yes. went first. And then Cult Podcast is right after Horror Virgin. And I was trying to stay on the same level as Armando. And I turned, like, right after you guys went on, I started the camera for you guys. And then I turned to uh, Natalie and I, I literally said, I'm so high. Don't let me talk. Uh, fun <laughs> fact, I could hear it from the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but if you remember, I didn't interrupt you guys. I didn't say anything. No, you looked terrified the entire time. <laughs> I and I kept looking I at you and being like, what's wrong with Todd? <laughs> I also noticed that Todd was acting very bizarre. I was like, did Todd steal stuff during our live show? He's looking at me very suspiciously. One, and one time I, I watched as you like, uh, the, this guy's sound terrible but for a lack of a better of better phrase you lost natalie when she was sitting right next to you yeah i mean that actually did happen yep uh-huh i watched it because you turned to and you couldn't figure out where she was she was sitting right next to you so you turned all the way around in your chair to look behind you and then as you turned back you saw her sitting next to you and went oh like when did she get here <laughs> <laughs> it was wild <laughs> it was wild to watch yeah so i blame armando but I, I did stay on my best behavior even while high. Ooh, debatable. I mean, you did. I just never try to keep pace with Armando, dude. He's like four times your size, even though he's a very small boy. And he's been smoking for a lot longer. Yes. I think it was the first time I'd ever smoked marijuana was at the show. Oh, my God. Maybe we should talk about this movie instead of our illegal affairs. Oh, you mean at, chill <laughs> till the, the next, next episode? episode? <laughs> okay, buddy. So they're all discussing what they're going to do. And we don't fully find out what it is, uh, but they're like, when he sees it, he's going to have a heart attack. It's going to be amazing. So they leave. They, they do like all hands in the center. Good game. And then they leave. Which is so weird when what you're essentially doing is murdering somebody. Yes, <laughs> know what their like end game was for this i do know that it was just to, to scare, scare him. him yeah they didn't want to kill him okay but he reacts in a bonkers way oh we don't know if that skull was real oh, no. i do know that madman mars's home is made out of paper mache and gasoline <laughs> he does have an open can of gasoline next to his bed which seems like a mistake in the woods okay so they they take the box in he doesn't wake up as they walk through his hoarder metropolis and they light something in the box with matches and then they leave and then they tap on his window to make him wake up. He looks in the box and it is, or they remove the box. They left the thing there, but they tap on the window to make him look at it. And it is a human skull that has clearly been dug out of the ground. There's worms, everything in it. There's dirt stuck to it. Yeah, it is a human skull. I do think it's a real skull, Paige, yes. And then they've lit little candles in the eyes, so the eyes are on fire. And Cropsy freaks out, tries to, like, slap the skull off the table like a cat into his own lap, where his blankets that just must have also been made of gasoline <laughs> immediately go up in flames. He literally does like scoop it into the bed with him and he just ignites. Yes. And then he's like kicking and screaming and he kicks over 
a, like a barrel of gasoline at the foot of his bed. Look, he likes to sleep with two things. Sulfur, magnesium, gasoline. Did you Google different kinds of flammable gases? Unfortunately, I know all of this off the top of my head. <laughs> what kind of teeth do those gases have? <laughs> I too have woken up and almost combusted my whole place accidentally. <laughs> because you farted near a candle? What happened? Some kids broke in my house, lit a flaming skull, <laughs> and I knocked it over to my oily rag pile. So you farted near a candle. Got it. All I learned from that page is that Mikey's bed is the bomb, ladies. <laughs> I mean, as someone who keeps all the candles in her house on the candle table, and that candle table is near our bed, this is a risk that I hadn't really thought about till this moment. <laughs> I better not fart near that table. I mean, he goes up like the wicker man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. The only thing that would have made it better is if he had gone full Nicolas Cage Wicker Man and just been like, you bitches, you fucking bitches, like as he was on fire. Would have loved it. <laughs> Why do we think, I don't think he ever saw the boys, did he? No, he definitely saw the boys. They were beating on his window. He saw them. Yeah. It was an innocent prank. Boys will be boys. Oh, no. No, no Mikey. We've all stolen our dead grandmother's head to put candles in. To put in somebody <laughs> and burned who's someone alive. You. Yeah. And he wasn't bullying them. He was just the caretaker for Camp Blackfoot or wherever they were. Oh, is that a camp you went to? <laughs> <laughs> he reacted a little strangely to when Snoop dropped that skull like it was hot in his because that's who does it. Oh, my God. It's the skull in the cabin. He dropped it like it's hot. Mikey likes music jokes. He gets them. Yep. Snoop Dogg is a person. He sings rap songs. Him and Martha Stewart are friends. They are actually legitimate real yeah. life friends. And they smoke out together. And I like that for both of them. I own his cookbook. It's not bad. Honestly, <laughs> he's a pretty decent cook. That doesn't surprise me because he's a, like a notorious pothead, right? He's like Willie Nelson oh, yeah. levels of pothead. And yep. every pothead I know also knows food. Yeah, well, because they get hungry as <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, I completely get it. Like, that makes sense to me. Yeah, Martha Stewart wrote the foreword for his cookbook. Oh, my God. It's great. I really enjoy owning it. Anyway, so Cropsy, now fully on fire, runs out of the cabin, which is now burning to the ground, and tumbles down into the lake. We cut to one week later at St. Catherine's Hospital where an orderly is showing a new doctor around and he's just like, come on in here and look at this dude's fucked up skin. Like he's real insensitive. His bedside manner needs work. Yeah. It was wild to me that an orderly was like, hey man, I know we're supposed to be like, you know, kind and like welcoming of people of all types of, you know, issues here in the hospital. But look at how fucked up this dude is people with regular skin people with skin that looks like bacon like you name it honestly Paige, i'm not surprised at all to hear you say that you found his arm delicious it was charred those were some burnt ends for sure oh my god <laughs> some burnt extremities right there but as the orderly goes to kind of peel back the little tent that he is in he reaches out and grabs his arm and everyone screams and then the credits roll. Do, 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 DJ Cropsy. And there's just jock jams over the credits for like 20 minutes. There isn't, but that would improve it. I would love a jock jammy credit montage for this movie. Featuring Cropsy. <laughs> and then what I want after is, you know how like some movies, usually not great movies, will do like a blooper reel of like, look how much fun we have making this movie. Please feel better about how bad this movie was. And then play jock jams over that. 
with Cropsy dancing with an axe or the shears, but dancing with the axe in his face. You're like, oh, they're all friends. <laughs> <laughs> it ends like every Bollywood film I've ever loved. Like, it's just like dance montage during the credits. I love yes. it. Yeah. Camp Bollywood dance montage. Hell okay, yeah. I want to see a Bollywood movie of a camp horror. I bet that exists. I'm dead ass serious. I'm sure it does. Uh, find it for us and do it for listener request or something. Cause like I, I need to see it. I'm so curious. Bollywood films are amazing. Sorry. Go ahead. So uh, we cut to five years later, second time jump in less than five minutes. There's so many jumps too. And we're about to jump to another camp. It's wild. It's so wild. It's the same lake. It's like Camp Crystal Lake. It is like Camp Crystal Lake. It's like a big lake, like 40, 40 camps around. You know how it is. Yeah, where, you know, something bad happened at one camp. So they built a camp across the lake to be like, it's not on, you know, the burial ground of those teens. <laughs> but yeah, he time jumps like Scott Bakula. Yeah, but first Cropsy has to get discharged from the hospital and go try to find a sex worker for himself. See, that is the part of this movie that seems out of character. Yeah, it's such a weird None thing to say. None of that makes sense, Paige. He leaves the hospital, goes to Times Square. Yeah. Not just, yeah. And then legit murders a sex worker for no reason. Well, and as he's leaving the hospital, they're like, I know you resent those kids, but try not to blame anyone. And I'm like, they attempted to murder him. Like, they should be in jail yes. or juvie or something. Boys will be boys. <laughs> no, no, Mikey. No, Mikey. Absolutely boys not. Boys will be incarcerated for attempted murder. If I was incarcerated for every groundskeeper I burned alive when I was a teenager. You should be. <laughs> I would never be on this podcast. What? Maybe that's for the best. <laughs> Just for the general safety of society. Look, if Todd, the character, not are Todd. Thank you for the distinction there. If he was incarcerated, he would never learn to make rafts or axes or find his way in the woods. Like he he like he got sentenced to Cub Scouts and then like that's what happened to him. And like his dad owns the dealership. No, 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 cuz what you've just described is someone who knows their way through the woods, has experience with weapons and also can build rafts. I think he's the one killing the teens and he framed Cropsy and this is just the second time that he is hanging that man out to dry this is this is me being mikey for an episode and having a weird bonkers theory todd is the real murderer as a todd that sort of checks mm. out like i could see a todd definitely yeah, doing you. that yeah todds are bad news I, who, who was the creepy one anthony it was alfred was it alfred it alfred, was alfred yeah. yeah alfred was the peeping tom guy that like for whatever reason is the final boy in this movie it's nuts and todd's gonna blackmail him about it to keep him quiet about fucking burning cropsy alive in that copper mine okay Okay. I mean, we don't see that, but that also does check out. I could see that happening. Yeah. Follow the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the second burning is probably more of a mercy killing. I mean, he already had an axe through his head, so I'm going to say it's destroying evidence. <laughs> if you've been axed in the head... Do you want to be burned alive? Can you comprehend being burned alive? No, you're no, just I dead. No, I think you're probably dead already. Yeah, you're just dead. It's fine. Oh, if I killed a person like that, I'd be like, oh, no, now I've got axe body sprayed all over me. Oh, wow. Do you guys get it? I do get you it. write that one? Because you hit him with the axe and the spray gets on you. It's their body. <laughs> oh, Paige did not get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, now I've fully gotten it and I'm slightly more on board for it. <laughs> but anyway, I'll maintain that Todd's the real murderer 
just like Gwyneth Paltrow in Seven. I'm kidding. D- that no. one doesn't make sense. That one doesn't check out. <laughs> that does not at all check out. I cannot <laughs> believe someone actually thought that. That Gwyneth Paltrow, whose head ends up in the box at the end of that movie, <laughs> she, was the she murderer. She planned it all with her murder at the end. <laughs> in order for that to work, when Morgan Freeman opens the box, you have to have her disembodied head be like, shh, don't tell my husband. <laughs> It okay. was me the whole time. If we're going to do it, if we're going to do it, Morgan Freeman and Gwyneth Paltrow were having an affair and they wanted to, to drive Bad Pitt crazy to set him up to go to jail for life so they could be together. So he says it's her head, but he never sees in the box, murders Kevin Spacey, gets sent to prison, and then they can be together and he'll raise Bad Pitt's baby as his own. Okay, that actually does make sense. But they raised that baby. In Morgan Freeman's farm upstate. Yay, yeah. where he can run and jump. Yes, and they teach him how to become the Batman. Ooh. I love this. The, see, th- now that kind of checks out, just like my theory about Todd being the murderer, not which me. I'm going to assert for, nope, well, I'm not going to clarify. Todd <laughs> is a murderer. Wait, hang on, hang on. Not me, though. No, you. I didn't say that. All Todds are the same. All Todds look alike. I can't be expected to tell which Todd is from where. I'm not psychic. You do wear a lot of denim. Okay, not that much denim. I wear denim on the bottom, never on the top. That's my rule. I've never met a person besides you who wears denim boxers. (laughs) Okay, first off, I don't have denim boxers, but if they exist, I will buy some. They're just Daisy Dukes you wear under your pants. I don't understand. Nothing makes sense. Never nude oh i'm quite often nude sure you are anyway cropsy gets released he does go to times square he does murder a sex worker which again she's not one of the ones that burnt him before it's like he's just killing indiscriminately well he he tries to pay her and then she is disgusted by his um burns by his burns mikey he he looks well you see his makeup later on and i would say he looks like a a play-doh figure left out in the sun well we don't see that yet no, yeah, I know, but she does, but the sex worker does, and she does scream, and then for that scream, he chokes her, stabs her with scissors, and then pushes her through the door where I think it's implied she's struck by lightning. The lightning was just in your head cannon. That's for dramatic effect. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, he does have a little bit of a like from Beauty and the Beast, like the she glanced this way. I thought I saw like that kind of I can't believe I'm so hideous, but she could love me. And then she screams and he's like, no. Yeah, I guess really his only mistake was not kidnapping her and throwing her in a library for six months until she fell in love with him. He gave her books. That is no, what is, what is wrong? Okay, I'm, I, think, I think I'm learning something about Paige, Mikey, and that is that she is into people that kidnap women and then give them something. What? No, that's oh, this is the only one. No, Sebastian Stan, you could not shut up oh, about. Oh shit, that's right. Oh, and that's that so true. Dude kidnapped women, not just Belle, not just one woman. He kidnapped women, Paige. Well, he only gave her a magazine. If he'd given her a library, a whole different story. No, he gave her oh Megan. Oh, my God. He gave her her friend's boob. There's so much wrong with Sebastian Stan, and yet you stan him. Yeah, and you usually don't get boob till the third date. Well, I mean, if they're, if you're moving real slow, maybe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Paige? No, because I always like to cook it low and slow. <laughs> Paige is like, I get boob every day. They're mine. That's true. I constantly get boob. Yeah. I'm getting boob right now. Honestly, <laughs> underwhelming. 
Doubt it. Let's just move on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we cut to Camp Stonewater. Different camp. Same lake. Different camp. Different camp. Uh, where they're playing softball with no bras on, just collectively. Oh, yeah. And they're all like, I think it's implied that they're in high school, right? I yes, hope not. Yes, these are teenagers. Oh, no. They are in high school, dude. What did you think? I think Mikey was hoping that they were all in college. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the actors were, but no, the characters are definitely high schoolers. I saw a slow motion run during a soccer game, and there was a lot of juggling. Juggling? Soccer boob joke. (laughs) I don't think they were juggling boobs, Mikey. Maybe jiggling. The ball, Todd, you pervert. Oh, they were playing softball, Mikey. No, I think you were dribbling over your balls watching (laughs) it. Her ball was down there, Todd. Eyes down there. Yeah, her ball was sticking out of her shorts. They were not playing soccer. They were playing softball. Yeah, they're playing softball. It's not soccer. Well, okay. I mean, I just saw boobs. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Mikey was so distracted by the boobs. It's a different sport to him. I'm just like really supportive of women and what they do, like whatever they decide to do do or whatever but not supportive enough to be a support bra well those apparently didn't exist back then they did not at this camp they were outlawed at at camp stonewater yeah 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 which sounds like a military prison it does it definitely sounds like alkali lake where they're like we've been injecting them with boob serum (laughs) and this is what happened i don't like anything about that because these girls were supposed to be in high school so were the x-men um (laughs) oh that makes wolverine a lot worse yeah because he's 116 oh god (laughs) wolverine's one of the professors but like jubilee and the others are like teenagers but what jean gray what about jean rogue and iceman jean gray's like 30 right mikey what you know about x-men i don't a lot about x-men anyway we cut over to jason alexander with hair and we all were very alarmed by it do you think wolverine's healing factor makes him have like a decreased refractatory period refractatory yeah refractatory refractatory page but i have thought about this i've had a conversation with a friend about this and yes i do think that because he heals fast he can also go all night, ladies. I mean, I never thought about this before. I was too busy thinking about which hand the Winter Soldier jerks off with. But we all were, Paige. I'm here for this conversation. <laughs> I'm here for it. So, which superhero would you rather fuck? Oh, man, out of all of them, DC, Marvel, Dark Horse. No, no, just Winter Soldier or oh, Wolverine. Between Winter Soldier, Wolverine, I'm gonna go Winter Soldier because I feel like Wolverine might accidentally stab me while thinking. Me. I mean, that is <laughs> the danger, right? I mean, if he gets right. too excited and he just clenches his fist too hard or however he makes those things come out, you could end up like the sex worker in seven. And nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody wants that. No. But danger makes it all hotter, right? Oh, fuck. There is an element mm, of that. Not that much. Okay, okay. Not but I, I think maybe this is why Logan is always regret alonely. <laughs> regret alonely. I knew it was Boyardee behind it all. Yeah. Professor Boyardee. Anyway, so they're playing softball and they hit a ball into the woods and Tiger runs into the woods to find the ball. And this is the kind of the first place that we see like Cropsy Vision, like we saw it in, in Times Square, but this is the first time we're seeing it But at the camp. And Cropsy Vision is like the center of the frame is in focus, but everything else on the outside is like smeared with Vaseline. Yeah, and she finds the ball 
before he kills her but he comes up like right behind her with the shears and everything we cut to them having dinner in the dining hall where there's a giant crazy buffalo head and eddie (laughs) who's one of the campers has asked like another camper out and we get this real weird conversation between her and her friend where she's like i'm kind of scared of him but i really like him but like scared enough that i don't want to go on the overnight it's a very strange scene yeah that clearly does not understand anything of what women feel ever yeah. i think maybe i was just like this is bonkers we talked about this when we watched it because i was like this woman literally in this scene like in these i don't know 30 seconds of dialogue said i have the hots for eddie he's cute i like him but I don't want to go on this canoe trip with him because he scares me. And I was like, those are not two things that would ever be in the same human being. This is the canoe of a killer. Bella! (laughs) We cut to the next morning in the girls' cabin, and uh, I believe it's Sally gets up and goes to take a shower. She passes another camper on the way in, and then we get a very long shower scene of her getting soap in her eyes with her boobs on display. Yeah, because she's not taking a shower like a human person takes a shower. Right. She's taking a shower the way someone would show their boobs on camera. Right. That's not how women shower? No. No, because shampoo hurts if you get it in your eyes. Yeah. Oh, I was not looking at the shampoo. But they're clearly just doing it to have like suds over her tits. And remember that she's a teenager. Yeah, Yeah. but did you look at how she was playing softball in that shower? It was great. No. (laughs) Anyway, meanwhile, back in the cabin, the counselor, Michelle, wakes everyone else up. And as she's there, we're kind of intercutting between the shower and the cabin, showing that Sally is hearing somebody in the shower and calls for Michelle thinking it's her. And she realizes that... That Michelle's not responding. It's not her. And we see Michelle back in the cabin. So we know it's not Michelle. Right. And we cut to Sally opening the curtain. And we think it's going to be Cropsy. Because that's how a horror movie would normally go. Right. But it's not. It's another villain. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, it's another camper. Well, it's Alfred. Who I think is like the Harvey Weinstein stand-in in this movie. A hundred percent. Right. It, it is his stand-in. Because even the way they handle this. Because like they call the male canc- counselor Todd over... And And the female counselor, Michelle, is like, hey, this is a fucking problem. It's not safe for girls to be around this. He's an issue. He's sexually harassed a camper, essentially. And Todd's kind of like, boys will be boys. Uh, And he's like, I'll talk to him. And it's like, no, 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 (laughs) no. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, he needs to be gone. Like, Todd makes the excuse for Alfred that he was scaring Sally because Sally is into Glazer, right? Right. And that Glazer makes fun of Alfred. So it's like this weird triangle of like Glazer bullies Alfred. So Alfred is a creep to Sally, but that's not at all what we're seeing. We're just seeing Alfred be a creep to Sally and Glazer is a douche, but he is just being an asshole towards Alfred because Alfred's a creep. (laughs) Well, and Alfred claims it's this whole, like, I was trying to scare her. But then multiple times through the rest of the movie, we see that he is a voyeur. Like, he is a budding voyeur. Yes. He's watching other people have sex. He This is probably not the first time he's watched people in the shower. Like, it's a problem. He has a consent and a boundary problem. He's going to learn his lesson. 
No. No one punishes him. Yeah, I think the lesson he learns is that he'll be fine with this type of behavior. All he has to do is stab you in the back and then set you on fire. Oh, I just meant he watched somebody get murdered. He seemed very traumatized, and then he got stabbed to the shoulder into a wall. He should have died. Though. I mean, all the people that he harassed died. So, yeah, maybe. Yes. But the the best that they get from Todd is if I think he's going to be a problem, I'll make sure he's off the camp. But it's a classic case of like a woman being genuinely concerned yes. about something going wrong. And then a man being like, don't worry, I'll talk to him about it. And it's like, no, no, I need you to take this seriously. Anyway, after he comes out from talking to Todd... He gets basically confronted by Glazer, who's like, hey, um, don't fucking peep at my girlfriend. Like, what the fuck are you doing? We get a cut over to the girl's cabin where all of these children are smoking. They're just like cigaretting it around a table being well, like... This is a back then. They sold them to children. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that is probably like a sign of the time, right? Because it was like 81 when they filmed this or no, 80 yes. or whatever. Whenever this movie came out, it was super early 80s. Like none of us were alive 80s, like that time in the 80s. But like everyone sort of did smoke. Right. So it probably wouldn't be weird for like a 14, 15, 16 year old to be smoking at camp. Although it is wild to see it now. It's wild to see it now. But we cut back to glazer and alfred and todd breaks it up and he tells glazer that he's overreacting and i'm kind of like no offense we do see later on that glazer's relationship with sally is questionable but in this moment we don't fully know that yet and if my significant other was sexually harassed and everyone was just like she needs to get over it i'd be pretty pissed no i would be pretty pissed too like honestly at this point I just feel like Glazer seems like someone who is trying to protect his quote unquote girlfriend, even though she's not right, but is doing it the wrong way. Like he's being an asshole about it, but at least someone's trying to protect Sally. We, I mean, we find out later that he is a shit bag. So like, right. Whatever. But this is like the first time we meet him. So you're like on the fence about him so far, you know? Right. Mm, he's pretty shit baggy. Yeah, he is a shitbag. He, he is. We just haven't seen much of him yet at all. This is like the first time we meet him, basically. But we cut to the lake where everyone's swimming except for Alfred because he can't swim. So Glazer pushes him in and the rest of the guys go and rescue Alfred while Glazer swims out to this little dock where all the girls are. And while they pull Alfred out, they send Fisher Stevens to go get his BB gun because once Glazer gets to the platform where all the girls are and is trying to ask Sally out, they shoot him right in the butt cheek meat with that BB oh, gun. Oh, yeah. And then they moon him. So we've all seen Jason Alexander's butt. Yes. Well, and Fisher Stevens, right? Like we've seen both of their butts. And Fisher Stevens's butt. Not a fan. Not a fan. We cut back to the boys' cabin where we find out that Jason Alexander's character basically like procures them stuff they're not supposed to have at camp. So like he gets uh, Fisher Stevens a hustler because he's the jerk off champ as well as vitamin E. <laughs> Hang on one second. I have to know, what does it take to become the jerk off champ at camp? I'm going to say a lot of wrist strength and maybe a metal arm. Is it more speed or like distance? Oh, Mikey, distance? You're doing a lot of edging if you're getting a lot of distance. That's all I'm saying. Distance. I mean, like how strong are your muscles? How far can they propel the ejaculate? I don't think. I don't think that's how, that's how that works. Yeah, that's not how it works. Unless you're doing like the male version of kegels. I don't think that's how it works. 
I mean, you should. Everyone should do Kegels. I'm doing them right now, Mikey. I don't want to. I'm going to turn the camera off. <laughs> anyway, at this point, I realized that it had been a, about 30 minutes into this movie and we hadn't seen Cropsey since he murdered that sex worker. But as they're kind of talking amongst themselves in the group, Cropsey just like appears at the window of the cabin and then leaves. Like while they're arguing about lubricated or non-lubricated condoms, which by the way, lubricated duh right but i didn't realize that there were unlubricated condoms it's rare now i know you can buy them just in case that you're like allergic to lube, sure yeah you know? I mean- condoms <laughs> so and it is fully just cropsy's head on a stick like like it's definitely not cropsy standing because it just kind of like shifts and turns not away a human would they clearly just had the mask and then brought it down yeah Uh, But no one believes Alfred. He's the only one who saw it. And they have to go to dinner. So they all make their way to the dining hall. They talk to the girls. And we find out that the next day is their overnight canoe trip. So while they're all talking, Fisher Stevens goes back to get his vitamin E. I don't really know why, but he does. Yeah, I don't understand what vitamin E does. Is it something for jerking off? Should I be taking vitamin E? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm Googling right now. Vitamin E benefits. What does it do? Vision, reproduction, the health of your blood, brain, and skin. Okay. All right. Because I take it for skin. Maybe I could be like shooting ropes. (laughs) So taking vitamin E can help increase a couple's odds of conceiving as it increases cervical mucus in women, uh, which allows sperm to stay alive longer. But it also enhances the efficiency of male reproductive systems. So this would reduce your refractory period. That's got to be what it is then. It's got to be what it is because he is the jerk off champ, has to be it. guys. He's the jerk <laughs> yeah. off champ. It does seem that it's way more helpful for women or, or I should say people with cervixes. But I'd like to move on. Are you triggered because I didn't say refractory period? Refractory period. I just think we spent a lot of time on this high school kids masturbation championship. I mean, he's the one getting supplements for it. He's taking it seriously. He's going the distance. Oh, my God. He's He's going going for for cream. cream. (laughs) (laughs) So all I want to know is where do you sign up for this competition? Is it like a bracketed system where it's like head to head? I just Google jerk-off competition. Oh, wow. And it appears that there are many documentaries that cover this subject, but I don't really necessarily know if this is like if these are good solid journalistic sources it appears that most of them were written by x hamster and Pornhub. <laughs> but if you want to watch a documentary on the benefits uh of vitamin e there you go all right Uh, So while he's going to get vitamin E at the cabin, we do see Cropsy vision outside, but nothing happens. Yeah. We cut to the next day where they're all in the canoe. They have one good swimmer in each canoe and they do end up all like fighting in a weird canoe pile. One of the canoes even sinks. But then we cut to a campfire after they arrive that night and the story of Camp Blackfoot across the lake. Uh, and it's the story of Cropsy. Now, what's really weird in this one is like they go through the story of Cropsy and they completely disregard that he like went to a hospital where they're just like, he escaped into the woods still on fire. And you're like, that's not what happened at all. We saw what happened. Is Todd telling the story? Yeah, it's Todd telling the story. Yeah. Well, he only saw him fall in the lake. But I mean, he had to have known that he went to the hospital. He attempted to murder him and would have probably been questioned, I would hope. Well, Todd also has his merit badge and editorial decisions. Oh, you mean in the movie? Yeah. Yeah, not me. 
page. Not no. He Clearly. got his Boy Scout badge in editing. No, I mean you mean the Todd in the film. Yes. Got his badge in editing the film that he is currently living within as a character. No, 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 no. He got his badge in editing stories that happened to him to make them more compelling as campfire stories. So lying. He got his badge <laughs> in lying. Yeah, that's what editing is. Yeah, I mean, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, it made perfect sense to me, Paige. Uh, sure. I'm glad it made sense to someone. So... We cut to Eddie, who has, during the story, pretended to be Cropsy, and he and Todd fake fight. And he goes off into the woods with Karen, who he basically is like, yeah, no, Cropsy's not real. Don't even worry about it. But it's fully daytime. Even though we've already seen that it's nighttime, yeah. it is daytime. They are acting as if it's nighttime. And he talks her into going skinny dipping. Talks her into it. He kind of strong arms her into it. Well, no, I would say that she chooses to skinny dip. She is influenced a little bit, but it's what he wants her to do once she is skinny dipping that he's trying to strong on. Exactly. Yeah. I think what he does is, I don't know if I even want to say this, but sort of the right way to do it because he's like, let's go skinny dipping. And she's like, I don't know. I'm not sure. So he gets naked and goes in and he's like, you do whatever you want. And then she does go in. I feel like, well, she's like, you're just going to try to have sex with me when I'm in there. And he's like, no, I definitely wouldn't do that. Oh, I mean, yes, all of that does happen. And then the, right. the second she hits the water, he goes full on creep mode. I just feel like up to that point, it's a fine way of like, Hey, listen, I'm going to go skinny dipping. Feel free to join me. Like, that's fine. I have no issue with that. Everything else after that is terrible. See, I do this all the time. I send texts out like that. No one ever joins me. Well, Mikey, you never send them to me. (laughs) You you live far away from my watering hole. (laughs) That is true. And honestly, I would not accept that invite. Wow. I don't want to be near either of your watering holes. That's fair. Honestly, that's probably for the best, Paige. Thank you. That's where I get dumb water. Oh, no. We're not we're not talking about dumb water again. We're not. I can't. Anyway, so what what is kind of fun, terrible, but kind of funny in the scene is that he tries to pressure her into having sex in the the lake, and she says no, and then he just says, "Get the fuck out of my face." Yes, which is a wild reaction. Yes, it is. Paige. Like it's terrible, and she swims away, but her clothes are gone, and they're like Hansel and Gretel throughout the forest. I mean, they're legit hung from like tree limbs. Like she is walking. Fully naked. We see complete frontal nudity and she walks up to her panties and takes them out of the tree and then puts them on. And then she walks up to her shirt and puts that on. It's wild. Yes. And as she gathers the bulk of her clothes, who is behind her but Cropsy there to slit her throat? Because even though she said no and she is the victim, Cropsy still kills her. Yes. It is wild. It's a weird take. It's almost like this movie is trying to tell you that she should have had sex with him because then she would have lived. Because does he die? No. No. Not well, till he does later. eventually. Yeah, but not till not later. Not till later. He doesn't die because he was an asshole right here. Right. She dies because she wanted to exercise her own agency over her sexuality. And that's fucked up. She she dies because this was written by a sex pest. Yes. Oh, uh, I thought Cropsy was a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> A.K.A. a sex pest. (laughs) Anyway, so Cropsy slits her throat. We cut to the next morning. Eddie's just fallen asleep out in the woods and the counselors didn't look for him. They weren't like, hey, Eddie didn't come back to camp last night. They're just like, 
we'll find him in the morning. Ridiculous. Uh, but they wake him up because they can't find Karen. Right. So they go find him and he they're like, where's Karen? And he kind of is like, I don't know. I don't know. Until they're like, you better fucking know because we know she was with you. And he's like, well, I, I came on strong. She didn't want to do anything. She swam off and left. I figured she went back to everybody. So I just went to sleep. And they're like, no, she's not here. But also all of the canoes are gone. And they're also like, she took all the canoes. And it's like six canoes. She's one person. How? Have you ever been one person in a canoe? Like, it's not easy to, like, handle a canoe no. by yourself. I can handle a canoe. Yeah, well, and, and she didn't tell anyone. That, like, it's it's a ridiculous thing to think that she went home. They make the story up over, like, she got one canoe to go back, but then, like, the others got loose because she messed it up. Yeah, something. Which is still not plausible. It's still not plausible. It still doesn't make sense. Uh, but we cut to all the campers on the shore of the river, realizing there are no canoes. So they go and try to find canoes. They're nowhere to be found. So they start gathering wood to make a raft. And they build this raft in like 20 minutes and build paddles. It's insane. When they decide to build the raft, like there's like a montage of them looking for wood. And I think it's Sally and Glazer. Like it follows them looking for yes. wood. And he is like very creepy, like come on, let's do it. Let's have sex or whatever. And she's like, no, maybe just later or whatever. And that conversation maybe- It happens twice. He keeps like trying to make out with her. Yeah. And she, I feel like it does show her as being like into it, but not as into it as him. Does that make sense? I feel like she's in it for the making out. She does not want to have sex with him yet, at least, right? Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. fine. Like she's in high school. Like, I mean, make your own decisions on when you want to have sex and stick to them. Like that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But she is clearly in the not, yet time period right in her life yeah yeah uh, and he is like mm -hmm. f like pressuring her which is terrible anyway but it seems like that vignette of scenes happens over like 20 minutes and then it cuts back to todd and his girlfriend and they have like already made built the raft. the raft like it took them eight and a half minutes to build a raft yes the the raft building is so good it's better than tom hanks's raft in castaway yes they build paddles Yep. They did build paddles, Mikey. It was nuts. Yeah, they build paddles. Like, where did they get all of the rope? How did they like, string together the smaller sticks for, like, the bulk of the paddle? No Mikey, clue. it's bonkers. And the raft is seaworthy. Like, the raft oh, yeah. goes. It, and it stays afloat for, like, a day and a half. It's, it's still on that lake today. <laughs> Paige, that raft takes all the more attractive kids, quote unquote, and takes them all the way to their murder, floats back to where the <laughs> camp was, and then takes another group of campers all, all the, the way, way back, back to the to camp. camp. Yeah. Yes. Not only is that boat seaworthy, it has autopilot, Paige. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and they do, Mikey pointed out that they do seem to have picked the, the most athletic looking children for the first raft yes. ride which is kind of funny but this is where we see fisher stevens hanging ball yeah he's dropping brain i mean there definitely is testicle in this shot michelle's like okay i'm gonna randomly pick some kids to go star baseball player Lindsay, star swimmer uh fisher stevens you have big balls go <laughs> you, like, it's definitely the most athletic of the skinny kids and they're like racing across this lake and she's like those were it those are the people i chose randomly and then you see the kids left on the shore and i'm like wait a minute <laughs> those are all us those what? are the ugly out of shape kids that they left on that shore with michelle it's the chubby kids and she's like this raft couldn't hold them but she was wrong that raft could hold the world yeah and it came back for those kids yeah 
That raft is the real hero of this movie. <laughs> it absolutely is. This movie doesn't have a final girl. It has a final raft, and it's about time it got acknowledged <laughs> by the horror community. Yeah, the list of final girls should go raft, Sarah, Sydney, Nancy, <laughs> Ripley. This is definitely the best raft we've ever covered. Yeah, it absolutely. Yes. Now, what we will find out, because the raft takes off, and they see what appears to be one of their canoes, and so they paddle up to it but as they do they reveal that Cropsy was in the canoe and fully stands up in the canoe. I don't know if you've ever tried to stand in a canoe. Mikey, do you want to talk about how it's damn near impossible? It is damn near impossible. impossible. But also Cropsy he can walk on water. Wow. Okay. (laughs) All right. This is is a wrinkle. Cropsy's got the faith of a mustard seed. So much oh, like the no. Apostle Peter, for a short period of time, Cropsy found solid footing on water. Uh-huh. Cropsy never doubted. He never doubts. Never once. He's a man of conviction. That conviction is 17 murders. I mean, yep. he does murder every one of those kids in that raft, and he's like foiling his... Foiling? Is that a word? He's like <laughs> he's like moving very violently because he's stabbing all of them with his, with his like shears or whatever. He's garden shears, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like he's doing that in a canoe where he's just standing. Like he would have fallen into the water immediately. He had to have transferred to the raft. I mean, he must have. Like we don't see that, but that's the only true answer, Mikey. Oh, you guys, the lake's only two feet deep. We forgot to tell you about that part. <laughs> I mean, that could be. Some lakes are really shallow in parts, but the raft can overcome all. Well, yeah, plus the fishing waders, it's really easy to wash blood off them. Mm-hmm. And if I learned anything from Cropsey in this scene, he is a fisher of camp goers. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. Well, what if Cropsey's buoyant? Or Gerland. <laughs> I'm not going to gender assign Cropsey. All we know is that he is a murderer who has been badly burned. Right. Well, we've all been badly burned. He's been in the dating pool just a little while. <laughs> dating lake. <laughs> Here's what I think is pretty uh, pretty funny. So we all got to watch this together. Again, it was great. There's a scene where Fisher Stevens puts his hand up to be like, no, and Cropsy just like chops his fingers. And oh, the sound so the four of us made was so good. <laughs> it was just like, Savini's oh! effects work is fantastic in this movie. I mean, Savini's always great. You gotta love Savini. I mean, the gore in this movie is pretty great for the 80s. Yeah. And we cut to we cut back to the rest of the campers where they're like, I hope those other kids got back. All right. Anyway, let's go back and just camp out. Yeah. Little camper Mikey's like, man, I really hope I can make first string first string football team next year. But all the first stringers got put on the first raft. (laughs) Finally, it's my chance now. This is also the scene where we get Todd and Michelle alone in the woods where they have just abandoned the rest of the campers on the beach. Just like, fend for yourselves. We got to go make out for a bit. Everybody deserves a break, Paige. There is a killer on the loose and they are leaving children unattended. Do they know there's a killer on the loose at this point? They They don't, but also their one job is to watch those children. They had one job. They did have one job. Yeah, I mean, they have one job. They made that raft. They made a fantastic raft. They sent the athletic kids back. What else do you want them to do, Paige? Get the rest of the kids back. That's literally (laughs) their job. This is their re-raftatory period. Oh, wow. Yeah. Paige, they've already sent one load (laughs) back to camp. 
they have to wait like nine minutes to start building uh-huh. the right. other raft. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of foreplay to get back to that second raft. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to have to work those logs. <laughs> <laughs> they have to go on the, they have to go take a walk. Like they do a lot of, you know, talking. Anyway, we cut to Glazer and Sally and a trail of clothes and also Alfred who has snuck behind to watch them and they are having sex in a sleeping bag and he finishes very quickly and that happens to everybody oh but sally has some thoughts about it and i loved sally in this moment i support sally's thoughts yeah because glazer's like oh i'm sorry next time will be better or whatever and she's like uh sure it will and she's like i'm cold you didn't do anything to warm me up i was <laughs> like that's such a burn. yeah todd have you ever um not lasted a long time and had someone talk to you about it afterwards that's a conversation i'm having all the time uh (laughs) there has always been an understanding that even if finishing happens first you know we help both people get there in the end you know what i'm saying oh yeah i mean both people have to cross the finish line in order for the race to be over yeah i I have had someone make a sly remark even after helping them out (laughs) in a passive aggressive way mikey two questions and i'll start with the easiest one first okay was this on sean's couch no only a game goes to sean's couch what (laughs) yeah i mean listen when you're the away team you always perform that's right i'm hyped up (laughs) so what was the comment that was made do you remember it oh it was something like didn't last long huh (laughs) so so it was (laughs) it's like uh oh it's been a while huh yeah i generally prep someone if it's been a while like hey it's it's been a minute, so it's only going to be a minute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So round two is going to be much better, and I apologize. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, she was mean about it, and it was like, it, was, it made me made me sad. She was mean about it? It hurt my feelings. She, the way she said it, the tone and stuff was like Sally. I feel like Sally had every right to say everything she said, though, so, like. Here's here's my multiple sense on it. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of work you can do up top to mitigate that conversation even if things do Oh, that work fast. was done first off. That's why I was like a little like, oh my god. Mikey I, laid the he, groundwork for that conversation it sounds like. See, I don't think Glazer laid any groundwork. I think he Glazer did just not. Like, no. I'm a man in the modern times where I know what's expected. I know what's on that TikToks. Not <laughs> not only did Glazer not lay the groundwork, he said it'll be amazing. Like he oversold it clearly. He oversold it. He, you you got to underpromise and overdeliver. Exactly. I'm always like, "Sex? What's sex? I'm not great at that." I've, I've never had that. I've never been a masturbation champion. <laughs> Why are your wrists so swollen? I got I got stung by a bee on my wrist. <laughs> just on the wrist uh, but what she does say to him is well you didn't do too much to warm me up and i was like "Ooh, sally tell him but it is implied that they're going to go for round two so he says that he's going to go does he, he tells her he's going to go to the bathroom right he whispered we were talking but he like whispers her some sweet stuff they do he does a little like let me show you my sensitive time he talks her into a round two so yeah no, yeah but he like apologizes and stuff i do think he goes to the bathroom but he walks all the way back to camp yes and while he leaves crops have been watching the whole time and Alfred leaves too. Oh, and Alfred was watching the whole time. It cuts to Alfred like creeping, like hugging a tree. It was so, I hated it. I hated it so much. You think he was just hugging that tree? No, I think he was fully inside that tree. <laughs> <laughs> he watches a little bit and then he leaves once they get to Afterglow. 
and he's back at camp. But then when Gla- once Glazer comes back to camp and he's going to go back, Alfred follows him again. Now, we should say that this is the temporary camp they've set up because they went on a canoe trip. This is not all the way back to camp-ass camp. Right. Yeah. And while Glazer's gone, Cropsy just straight up murders her. Yeah, it's brutal. And when Glazer and Alfred get back, she's full dead. And Glazer goes to kind of like pull the sleeping bag back, not realizing that there's a full extra body next to her because Cropsy's in the sleeping bag and just like <laughs> jumps up, stabs him in the chest, and then just like holds him on the shears and pushes him through the woods yes. up against a tree. Look, Cropsy is extreme hide and seek champion <laughs> but yeah like cropsy picks him up by his shears and like walks him through the forest and then like sticks him to a tree with the shears and it looks pretty good yeah like, tom savini knows what he's fucking doing yeah he does yeah he knows what he's doing it's it's amazing so alfred takes off running and runs through the woods back to camp he finds todd who has slept in jeans. Hell yeah, he has. And wakes him up and is just like, oh my God, there's a killer. It's Cropsy. He killed our friends. And Todd is like, is this one of your tricks? Because he doesn't believe him. So he takes Todd through the woods to the bodies and Cropsy's still there. Cropsy like pistol whips Todd with those shears. Yeah, like Nick like hits him in the forehead. And at first I thought he was dead, but he's not. He's not dead. He's just bloody, right? He's just bloody. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the beach, the raft comes back and it's full of dead bodies, but they can't tell from the shore. So Michelle swims out to it and tries to grab onto the raft and just gets a ripped off arm. And then Fisher Stevens's body bobs out of the lake. Which for no reason, like a body would not come up in that direction. Like it comes up like a whale jumping out of the <laughs> fucking water onto her. Yeah. The raft dragged it back to, to, because he, the raft decided they deserved a proper burial. A raft never leaves a man behind. (laughs) Anyway, they realize it's dead bodies. They freak out. Meanwhile, Todd comes running out of the woods and he's like, is Alfred with you? And they're like, do we care? And he's like, I care for some reason. So they clear everyone off the raft. They get the chubby kids onto the raft. You you are glancing over that at some point Michelle was like, all right, chubby kids. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Get those bodies off that raft. Y'all gonna have to paddle. Meanwhile, we cut back to the the forest. Alfred is running in just indiscriminate directions, just anywhere he can run. And we're constantly seeing Cropsy vision, but he's like just just out of reach. So we cut back. The chubby kids and Michelle paddle for camp. Uh, Meanwhile, Todd goes into the woods and he's trying to find Alfred Alfred goes into this weird, like, it's a building in the middle of the woods. It is a copper mine. I have no idea why they chose to make that the place, but they do. I think they found it at at their location. They did. Yeah, they did find it. And it caused a lot of problems with filming because you shouldn't breathe that shit in. So... Cropsy gets him in the copper mines. He strangles him and he uses the shears to basically pin him to a wall. Yes. So he's pinned to the wall. Like his left arm is like pinned to the wall. Oh, and he's also like around the neck. He's like tied to the wall. But as far as we know, his whole right side of his body is completely free. So like, yes, mm-hmm. he could very easily like untie his neck restraints. And no, oh, Mikey, Mikey oh, oh. is currently making a jerk off motion with his hand. No, I thought no. Cropsy t- tied him against the wall to watch. 
and was trying to like train him to be the next Cropsey. I honestly thought he might become the next Cropsey, Mikey. Anyway, but I thought that he might get burned and then become the next Cropsey because Alfred is set up as, in my mind, in like 2022 mind, he's set up as like a peeping Tom that is like, has a, yeah, has a, a pattern of escalating behavior and those people become bad people so like i thought that he was set up to be like the next cropsy well when they when they are not confronted right. and it's not dealt with yes right, right. When, when the behavior is not corrected right but instead at the end of this movie he becomes the quote-unquote camp hero and he is the person who is now telling the story not todd it's wild it is wild and then todd gets there and finds like uh, essentially he like indiana jones is his way through the mining carts and falls off the tracks he sees karen's dead body because apparently he dragged karen's body there and it is fully just a still photo of karen's dead body <laughs> inserted into the film and they zoom in on it well it could have just been a still photo in that shack Yes. Because he takes photos and then he cropsies out the stuff that he doesn't like. <laughs> Is this the joke you wrote for the third act? No, that was that's not the joke I wrote. I love it, though. Oh. So what happened was she had taken a photo of her with her ex and she didn't want him in it. So she was like, hey, Cropsy, can you get my ex out of the photo? And he was like, yes, but I have to kill you first. And that's why we call it cropping. Yep. To this day. That's a fact. <laughs> Anyway, somehow Cropsy gets a flamethrower. Yada, 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 flamethrower. Hang on. We don't know how, but we have, but he has we have to talk about this. Yes. Because it is very much like Todd has an axe for no reason. Cropsy has a flamethrower for no reason. And he's walking around this copper mine with a flamethrower fully inflamed. And it's building to what you would think is like this final showdown between Todd and Cropsy. And then after, I don't know, 45 seconds of them building to that, Cropsy just turns off the flamethrower and goes away okay so first off cropsy is a flame grower not a flame shower <laughs> that's the is one he this wrote, the joke you wrote that's mikey the one. that's the one hell yeah mikey i love it 10 out of 10 would flame again uh, while the flamethrower is happening we're getting flashbacks to cropsy getting burned and at first you think they're cropsy's flashbacks but then it focuses on one of the boys and we reveal that one of the boys that burned cropsy was todd because he's been the killer the whole fucking time yeah and i realized and in my notes i just have what this was this all to get todd back Apparently, yes. I think it is. It has to be, right? Because Cropsy was the caretaker at that camp. Todd was one of the boys at the camp. Right. Cropsy would know who Todd was and recognize him through the window when they set him on fire, right? So here's my question. Do you think Cropsy's plan was to track down all of the boys? Yes, I do. And Todd's just the first. No, I don't. I don't think that's his plan at all. I don't think Cropsy has that plan because he went to Times Square first. Oh, well, I guess that that's part of true. the movie just doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, I honestly completely forgot about it. Well, I, it happened. I think he went back to the camp. I think he's supposed to. I think he's more of a Jason Voorhees. This is my lake. Okay. Okay. I mean, that very well could be too. There's no telling because Cropsy has zero lines in this movie. But in my mind, Cropsy was just trying to kill everyone that was involved in his burning. He had some lines. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> all right i stand corrected i apologize anyway so but yes yeah, so all this flamethrowing all of these flashbacks and then the flamethrower goes out like a dick going soft yeah. it's the wildest shit yeah it's literally a 45 second build to nothing look it happens to every cropsy 
<laughs> Every once in a while, listen, you just get two inside your own head and your flame goes out. And sometimes yeah. you need a little help restarting that pilot light. He just didn't feel an emotional connection with this kill. <laughs> it's not just about the physical act of murder, Paige. Mm-hmm. There's also an emotional aspect of this. Yeah. I never have trouble murdering. I'm just, you know. Paige, we're actually talking about sex. I don't know if you caught on to that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Mikey and I were very subtle there, mm. as is my mm-hmm. humor. <laughs> yeah, when I describe your humor, I refer to it as intelligent and subtle, supple. So, oh, supple, supple actually is more accurate. <laughs> that word is so nasty. It is nasty, but I'm here for it. <laughs> After we get the forty plus seconds of just flashbacks and flamethrowers. We get another minute and a half of Todd just walking around with an axe and Cropsy walking around with a flamethrower that's not on. Yeah. It's just randomly walking around. And, and the whole mine looks the same. Like, it's not interesting to look at. But eventually Todd finds Alfred just at the same time as Cropsy reveals himself to have a crazy centibite anus face. It is wild. It is wild. And this is that time we all yelled because it yeah, was we were like, so... Oh! It was so funny and just so crazy. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Yep. And he knocks Todd down, who has another Cropsy flashback, and Alfred stabs Cropsy with the shears that he apparently could have pulled out of his arm this entire time. Yeah. He had to finish first. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not the champ, so it's going to take a while. Yeah. Oh, you know what I just realized? Fisher's masturbatory hand gets cut off. We see him lose his fingers. Man. That's the saddest part about the whole movie. Man, the metaphors in this movie are just so supple. (laughs) Anyway, at this point, I was pretty mad in my notes and just said the pervert saves the day, question mark. I hated this so much. It was such a fuck you to everyone who's alive today. I did not like it. And uh, but it looks like Alfred and Todd are safe. And we see that the police have arrived outside the mine. But Cropsy's not dead. He pops back up. Todd gets him in the face with the axe. And then Alfred takes his time lighting his body on fire. Well, that's because, uh, first off, Todd did most of the work. The axe doesn't just, like, clip his head. It straight up goes through his head. It cleaves him in twain. Yeah. I mean, it Mm -hmm. sticks into the, like, wood pole behind him. Right. Cropsy had a very supple head. (laughs) He does, though. Uh, But then Alfred does take 45 seconds to light him on fire with the flamethrower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was just because he wanted to be like, see, I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm doing it. Now, we cut to a campfire where another camp counselor is telling the story. And I think it's Alfred. We never confirm. I thought it was because it zooms in on Alfred and then sort of zooms out and cross dissolves into that guy's face you know yeah that makes sense that alfred would be a camp counselor when he grew up yeah because he's a pervert wait hang yeah, on access to kids yeah Ugh. yeah i don't like this at all hey, but i think you're right real yeah uh but then he ends it on he's out there watching don't look he'll see you don't move you're dead and, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie so having seen the movie having talked about the movie what do you guys think about the burning uh, it's enjoyable i still prefer madman mars yeah madman mars is way better i honestly am i'm so glad we watched this movie together because that made it fun i really feel bad for anyone who watched this alone because i bet it was hard to get through like we were making fun of it the whole time yeah there's an hour of kids just at camp yeah in this movie 
but it's not as crazy as sleepaway camp like you need the extra layer of bonkers to right. get through that hour of kids at camp yeah. uh, if you're gonna do a double feature of this and mad men like you would start with this and then end with madman mars oh absolutely yes. yeah. yeah this would be the one you put on while your guests arrive and you eat like finger foods and don't really pay attention to and then you sit down for the masterpiece that is madman mars right page yeah do page, you have some, some fun, fun facts, facts? For us? i do well hit us with your fun facts Cropsy, fun facts, supple, fun facts. <laughs> Mikey, you bastard. Uh, so Tom Savini, who did the effects for this movie, turned down Friday the 13th Part 2 to work on this movie. And he wasn't actually particularly happy with how it turned out. He only got three days to work on Cropsy's burn makeup. Wow, okay. It looks good for three days. Yeah, it does. It, it looks good. I mean, all the effects in this movie are really solid. Like, Tom Savini is very good. Yeah, uh, now, the composer for this movie, Rick Wakeman, was offered a percentage of whatever the film made, but he didn't believe the film would make any money. And so he contracted a fee instead so that he made sure he got paid. That was a wise decision. It was. The film ends up being pretty big in Japan, and he actually would have made a lot more if he'd taken the percentage. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. Now, the original title of the film was The Cropsy Maniac, but it's based on a campfire story told at summer camps in and around New Jersey and upstate New York. The story is still in circulation, and it is also the basis for the documentary, Cropsy, from 2009, but it's completely different from the real story of the guy that everyone kind of agrees is Cropsy. If you're curious about it, we talked about it on the Madman Mars episode, but essentially... The man that everyone essentially agrees is Cropsy was a caretaker for a an institution for developmentally disabled children. Yeah. And uh, was actively kidnapping and murdering them. Like, it's a, a real thing. And, like, in the tunnels that would run under the State Institute or whatever. Well, no, that's part of the story. That's not part of the actual crime. Oh. Uh, he had, like, a bus, and he would drive the bus for them, and he kidnapped some of them on the bus. It's a whole thing. Um, there are some tunnels. He does occasionally go in them, but that's he doesn't live in them. He lived in a campsite kind of just outside. But the story the campfire story stays pretty consistent and this film is actually very consistent with the campfire story that jumps off from cropsy and the cropsy campfire story is a lot more jason Voorhees than true cropsy um as todd noted cropsy vision is created with vaseline super easy yeah this is also one of the first movies to land on the uk's video nasties list specifically because of the raft massacre it was because of the gore. Yeah, it is pretty gory. It is a pretty gory movie. Yeah. The shot of Cropsy's legs kicking while on fire in bed was actually Tom Savini's legs because the Cropsy actor, we will find out, I'll talk about it a little bit more as we go along in fun facts, uh, was not game for a lot of the things they needed him to do in this film. Wait, really? <laughs> yes, a lot of Cropsy in this film is portrayed by Tom Savini and the director of the movie. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. The wardrobe of the film is almost entirely the cast's actual clothes there was not a costume person on set yeah that makes so sense. they just wore what they had for being there that week so the abandoned copper mine at the end they just found near where they were filming originally in the script it was supposed to be a cave uh but the two caves they had scouted one was full of bats 
uh, bone bats, I assume. <laughs> it must have been, yeah. Yeah. The other had actually collapsed between the time they'd surveyed the cave versus when they came back to film. Um, there was another problem, too. Uh, towards the end, uh, Tony Malum, who was the original director of this film, uh, he claims that he was coughing up copper dust for months after. He gets kind of sick after this movie. But there's also disagreements with him and the production staff and the studio about how this movie should be made and completed. So he had a bunch more footage of Cropsey and the studio along with the editors decide not to include it to keep him more frightening on screen. But then also, most of them don't get along. So Tom Savini allegedly, according to him, in a DVD documentary, basically uh, about the work he's done in the film industry, he says that he had to step in and direct the end of the film. What? Uh, to basically write and direct a new ending it's also him that swings the axe that kills Cropsey in the conclusion no shit. now what i think may have happened is i think because they couldn't do the cave they were having to try and pivot and i think it depended a lot on his special effects mm. and that may be why that happened that does make sense um, but yeah. he also revealed in that same documentary that the script for this movie was written before friday the 13th allegedly okay i mean this movie comes out after friday the 13th it comes out but the script was written okay before okay allegedly yeah, allegedly uh, because they they didn't have a lot of money and it took them a while to get this script actually made sure um, but supposedly weinstein wrote this in 78 or 79 after seeing halloween which is odd or that, that's what he tells people that's what he tells people now uh, the actor who played Cropsey couldn't hold the garden shears high enough for most of the shots. So in almost all of those scenes, it's either Tom Savini or the director holding the actual shears. The scenes that were supposed to be taking place at night, the only ones they actually shoot at night are the campfires. Everything else is shot during the day. That's what they could afford. So <laughs> there is sort of a what's day, what's night in this movie. Because it's not done well. It's not done well. No, not at all. Um, no, this becomes the Weinstein's calling card for Miramax. This is one of the first films under the Miramax name. However, this is also one of the first cases of Harvey Weinstein being accused of sexual harassment on a set. Oh, my God. So of, of the accusations that come out when he does finally end up on trial... This is the first one. Allegedly, it was a, a production assistant. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah, we we don't have a name. I believe her. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of people that didn't believe her at the time. But with how many I accusations? Fully her. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Like with how many accusations he's had. I mean, he yeah, yeah, yeah. went to jail for all of this shit. So there's no way she was lying. Honestly, just read this script and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I believe yeah. Her. I mean, you could watch this movie and be like. Oh, wait, this person belongs in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, there's a bunch of famous people or people who became famous later who end up in this movie. One of them uh, is Jason Alexander, Fisher Stevens, and another guy that ends up on Law & Order SVU all the time. Yeah. But then also is Holly Hunter, and she's actually been asked about this film, and it was her film debut. This is the first time she's ever seen on screen anywhere. She says, I got paid more than I ever could have imagined. I may I was making over a thousand dollars a week. I could make my rent, and I didn't have to wait tables for a while, and I got all these new friends, and I was kind of a glorified extra, but I got my SAG card, so it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And she literally, she has like one line in the movie. She's just kind of in the background, and it's like, paddle faster! Like, that's it. 
Yes. She is almost unrecognizable in it, which is pretty funny. Is she on the in-shape raft or the out-of-shape raft? I don't even think she makes it to the canoe trip. She's on the in-shape raft. Oh, does she? Yeah, no, she's on the in-shape raft. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, and those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the budget for the burning was? I don't know, like $2? (laughs) Um, I'm going to say 200K. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to say a little over. I'm going to say... 400k okay so the budget for this movie was 1.5 million dollars wow that makes sense that makes sense there's a lot of kids there's a lot of wrangling yeah. there's a lot of stuff but if you adjust that for inflation that's around 4.7 million dollars today now this movie comes out in 1981 it was released on may 8th 1981 it didn't do all that great, and because it didn't do all that great, and because it was so long ago, we don't really have firm numbers on exactly what it made. I actually found this really interesting article from someone in the UK who did like a deep dive on like the box offices of the time and like how much the other movies were making around it. And the estimate in the states was that it made around two to three million dollars, so a little bit more than the budget, right? But as Page was saying when it went to Japan, it made a total of, and this is just in its first week, it made $283,000 in its first week at just four theaters. Yep. It was insane. Mm-hmm. So, like, people in Japan really liked this movie. It eventually made <laughs> over a million dollars in Japan. So, this movie, even though we don't know exactly how much it made, it definitely made money. Which, compared to the amount of theaters it was showing in Japan versus America, to have it make a third of what America makes, Japan does not have a third of the theaters that America does. They have much, much fewer. I'm sure it's way fewer, even today, just because the country's way smaller, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's probably even a bigger difference back in that time right so anyway that's your box office mike do you want to hit him with that scary scale yeah scary scale listeners a scale of one to ten of how scary we found the film today when we watched it our one example is ghostbusters and our ten example is texas chainsaw massacre uh page oh that's a one for me dog todd it's a one for me as well dog it's also a one for me and that, listeners, is our scary scale. Yeah, this movie was not scary at all. So this week, you guys made me watch The Burning. What are you making us watch next week? Next week, we're watching X. I'm excited about it. I'm very excited because I've already seen it. So, Paige, you have seen it a while ago. I think you saw it in theaters, right? I saw it in theaters, and I would recommend if you can see it in theaters, see it in theaters, man. I'm not sure it's available anywhere because I know it's streaming, and they typically pop out of theaters when they start streaming, but if you can find it, do it. It's still in some theaters, mostly artsy-fartsy ones, but if you can, go see it in theaters. Yeah, I mean, it's really good. I've only heard you talk about it. And some people in the Facebook group, but everyone has said it was really good, which probably means I won't like it very much because it'll probably be a little scary. But I'm interested to see what it's all about. Here's what I'll say. I think when we rewatch it, it's going to be a pretty low scary steal for me. But in the theaters, the amount of dread and discomfort, I was at like a seven or eight and I texted Mikey about it. Yeah, she did. So, yeah. So it's going to be good. So your homework for next week is to try to find a theater. And if you can, go see it in the theater. Or, or on demand it, if you have. Yeah, or on demand it. Yeah, on demand it. Uh, and watch X. Yes. And that's just the letter X, not EX like you used to date. Nope. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, shit. I, uh, no. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast. And that is to leave us a five-star text review. And we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Great question. I thought so, too. Okay, I got one from Dynamic Lightning. Well, what does Dynamic Lightning have to say? Killing it with those puns. 
<laughs> I can already tell that they like you the most. Mikey likes his puns like he likes his women. Inbred. Wait, inbred? Inbred. B-R-E-A-D. Oh, I thought you meant Delicious. like... I thought you meant something else, but okay. Then Dynamic Lightning goes on to say, Seriously, though, been watching since Gremlins 2 and have loved it since. Keep up the good work. Five stars. Well, Dynamic Lightning, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and... Make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at MRandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to Patreon.com slash HorrorVirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff. Stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable, that's fine, but if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash version. We also link it like once a week, so just find it there and Join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? He can build the fuck out of a rap. <laughs> yes, he can. <laughs> He's in the Navy. I think he was in the Navy, actually. This episode was also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager is driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? Tia's teenager wants to go to camp, but they Googled it, and apparently, like, 17 people got murdered by, like, some groundskeeper Willie type fellow and <laughs> Tia just keeps yelling at her because she won't let her go to raft camp. And who doesn't want to go to raft camp? It's a camp to learn how to build rafts. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Tia, honestly, you may want to consider letting your teenager go to raft camp because you never know when you're going to be on the run from and need to, you know, build a raft in five minutes. This episode also brought to you by the number Jeff and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of the Jessica Jones, Agent Carter, and they've recently moved on to WandaVision. So if you want to break down sh- podcast about all of those TV shows, check out Kissing Jessica Jones. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan and Jonathan usually has us watch spooky spider videos but today he wanted to give us a break and so he sent us a tiktok of a 15 year old girl playing a song i hate what song is it oh you'll see in a second here it is it is system of a down toxicity is the song but she's good 
I mean, she's really good. I'll say that. Especially for a 15-year-old, she's pretty solid. And blindfolded. Yeah. My problem with this song is not the drums. It's the singer. So fortunately, we never get to that. That's all right. I found a guy that plays WAP in the style of the Beatles that I actually enjoyed a lot. I honestly uh, would probably uh, like if you that. you want to see that. Yeah. But yeah, Jonathan, thank you so much for giving us a break. And I honestly really enjoyed that. And Paige, you'll be surprised to know that playing drums blindfolded mm. is pretty easy. Well, because they're all in the same place, huh? Yep. And they're pretty big. Like, if you think about someone who, like, Ray Charles, who was blind and played piano, like, the targets for his fingers were way smaller because those keys, way smaller, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty easy to play drums blindfolded. We now return you to another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. Hit us with some magic, Mikey. Okay. Down in Atlantis. Hold on. I have to take a note here. Do you really make notes about the Patreonicals? They're very brief. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, the Illuminati sub, right? Piloted by Dreskel, Most Evil Matthew, and uh, they got they get boarded by mermaids. Amber and Allie, who are both mermaids, bring their mermaid soldiers. They they put water in the ship. They think they're gonna die, and they wake up tied to these chairs around this arena. But also, they look around, and it's all the good guys too. Oh wait, so the mer people just like kidnapped all of our patreonical members yes and now they're in this arena okay i'm assuming at atlantis yeah tied to chairs well our seats in this under underwater arena right you know there's kate most evil matthew they put him next to kaylee his ex and she's able to scratch his arm with her fingernails oh i bet while she they're loves together. that yeah yeah getting finally getting some payback for all that he's done to her and he is saying some mean stuff about her family oh yeah and like deep, just deep, hurtful things. Next to her are Danielle and Aaron from the moon. <laughs> from the mun, you mean? From the mun. Yeah. So they're they're next to Kaylee and they're spitting. They're doing mun underwater spit. And like the mun people can talk and breathe and stuff underwater. They've all got these helmets on. They've got special mermaid technology, Atlantis technology. Right. Te- they're surviving down there. That makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. Uh, Dreskel wakes up and he's fuming because he is Chippendale. Joey and Nathan and Sneaky Snake are trying to get loose to help Dreskel because they're like very much Illuminati people. Uh, Jennifer with a PH. Uh, she's also on the other side of Ozevil Matthew trying to scratch him because she's Kaylee's best friend. A brother also wakes up with, you know, his pilot, his pirate ship went, went down up at the surface. So he's not doing great. Yeah, he was born to be a pirate. Yeah, but he's sitting next to Shiny Donut, who is now a regular sized man in a donut costume. <laughs> The Atlantis, and so they're making friends. <laughs> so the Atlantans turned him from a underwater submarine into just a regular person in a donut costume. One hundred percent, love it. Well, if they can do that, they can definitely get the guy out of Dreskel's shoulder. Is that what he is? We're not there yet. Don't skip ahead. Oh, but I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, you can speculate, right? The can speculation zone down here in Atlantis. Yeah. We're gonna speculation zone this trademark cult podcast. <laughs> okay, Kate is also in the audience. She has had her psychic ability. These inhibited by the Atlantis technology. Wow. Okay. Uh, Amber and Al- Allie come out and they're like, hey, you people, you've really fucked up the surface and we're all people who share this planet and you've really ruined it and destroyed the moon. And Atlantis had a secret alliance with the moon and they untie <gasps> Aaron and Danielle. Shit. Yes. They secretly had some moon people living in Atlantis. She has some of her people alive. A couple of dozen moon people were in the or on Atlantis. That so. actually makes sense. And I'll tell you why it makes sense, guys. Yeah. This is next level genius that Mikey has pulled on us because the moon controlled what, guys? The tides. 
the tides. Yeah. Yeah. The tides exactly. of the ocean where the Atlanteans live. Wow. Of course they would have an alliance. Mikey, you're a genius. So Amber and, and Allie are like, look, we're going to make you fight stuff in our arena till you're all dead. So Dave is out there in the middle. Dave, Isaac, and Karun. And Karun's been turned into a Wolverine man, remember? Right. And uh, this giant sea creature, it looks like one of those fish with the light in front. It just blinds. It, it hits the. It hits Isaac, and he flies, he flies away. And then uh, Karun stabs it, but it hits him with the light sickle thing and, and hits him away. And then it eats Dave. What? what? Yeah, Dave dies. I mean, I'm glad it ate Dave because Dave always comes back, so he'll be fine, I guess. Yes. Scott and Wes are in like a secret location and they, they're like in the pitch dark and they're talking to each other and they're like, man, I don't know about this Atlantis stuff. What is happening to us? I, I, I'm i really worried about everything and they're like, and he's like, I just want you out of my shoulder, man. Please just get out of my shoulder. <laughs> but you yeah. cut, as it ends, as this episode ends, it cuts to Amy who has a space pocket knife and she's trying to get out of her bindings in the underwater chair. And that's how the episode ends. Well, will Amy find a way to make her space pocket knife set her free? Will Wes finally be free of Dreskel? Find out next week on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. Cook, 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 corrupt nerds.